You want the most advanced communication skill in the history of the world? Try to improve another person's day. Listen to what they're saying and try to ask questions or give advice when it's sought or share an idea to help them improve their situation, their day, their feeling, their mindset. Hey, it's Brendan dropping in here on something special. I think the most important thing you can do in your life is to train yourself for real personal growth and success. What does that mean anyway? Well, you have to train your mindset and train your discipline so you can follow real habits of success so that you can break through, so you can win the day more often, so you can crush through all those fears and actually unlock your real potential for abundance and happiness and power and joy. But how? Well, like all learning and all breakthroughs, you have to choose first to learn, to learn from the best, to invest in yourself, to do the work, to do the daily work. You have to train with the best, and that's why we created Growth Day's Mastery Program. Listen, we're going to train you to make self-improvement a real way of life to unlock your positive attitude and attributes at a whole new level, to get you way more productive and influential, to show you the life and career strategies that make you unstoppable and really work. But how do we do that? Well, every single week we bring you a new $50,000 or $100,000 keynote speaker, multimillionaire, or world's foremost expert to switch your brain into high performance mode, to teach you what really works in wellness, in health, in mindset, in productivity. People who really help you unblock and move ahead with really practical strategies for changing your life, your relationships, your health, your career, your mission, your purpose. Every month, we unlock a new course that would have cost you thousands of dollars to buy from other teachers on brain health or positive psychology or confidence. Every year, we give you free tickets to an unbelievable motivational and transformational seminar. Every day, I give you an advanced life coaching audio to keep your mind sharp, energized, focused, motivated, confident, ready to serve and to lead and to win and build your greatest future at the levels you dream of. And I promise you, you are capable of. Every day can truly be a growth day for you, but it takes mastery in life. And that's why we have our new program, Mastery Level in Growth Day. You can go to yearofmastery.com and it will direct you to our best program in Growth Day. This is for those who really want the advanced level, who really want a breakthrough, who are tired of, hey, listen, podcasts are great, but training is another level. Go to yearofmastery.com. You deserve to join the world's number one membership for advanced personal growth and success right now. This is a membership of the real people doing the real work who have a positive mindset, a growth mindset, a willingness to be a role model, to be a leader, to serve, who desperately and deeply and joyfully love personal development, to challenge themselves, to push themselves, to achieve great things in life. Go to yearofmastery.com. Let's go. Yearofmastery.com. We are going to talk about advanced communication skills so that you can deepen your relationships, survive this very tumultuous time in cultural conversations, and finally have the confidence that you need to show up and live the life that you desire when you feel like you can communicate well, right? I always say communication is the number one most important skill, and we all know that, but very few people practice it at an advanced level. Most people could just kind of go through the motions and they wreck their relationships. They go through the motions. They don't lead well. They go through the motions. They don't express their deepest truth. They don't express who they are. They're scared to set boundaries, scared to say no, scared to speak up and be vulnerable. And so they watch their life not come to magic, not come to life. This is one of my very favorite topics, communication, because the way that I grew up, I was not surrounded by a lot of great communicators. 
You know, I grew up in an old Irish mining town and had been, you know, economically depressed for a hundred years, <laughs> you know? So uh, people didn't really communicate and share that much, especially the men in my life. There was, there was not much vulnerability. Uh, the, the only expression of vulnerability was when they got really mad and smacked you and then felt bad about it and apologized later. If you got an apologetic look, it was a good day. So uh, there wasn't a lot of that around. Then when I went into high school and college, I recognized I was lacking in the ability to express myself. I recognized I was lacking in confidence. I recognized that I was always in like arguments with the, the, the girl that I was dating at the time, with my friends. And I was always like, why, why am I always arguing with people? Why am I always upset? How come they don't understand what I'm saying? And I realized my friendships were superficial. And so I just wonder if any of you have ever been in, in relationships or are in a relationship right now where you feel like the communication sucks, raise your hand, <laughs> you know? And now can you also admit that maybe you haven't developed the communication skills you need yet? Raise your hand. You know, I also recognize that when I got into business, I would go into these meetings and I was nervous and I couldn't speak up for myself and I was awkward um, and I just, I wasn't able to convey my ideas. I'd have an idea for the business or for the company I was working for, and no one would really listen. And I couldn't figure out how to persuade them. And worse, after the meeting, I'd be upset. And I'd go to people, I'm like, well, no one understands me in there. And people would say, well, you know, you're not really arguing for what you want here. And I realized I was just, I was holding back. Can any of you guys raise your hand to this? That you, you hold back your own thoughts your own desires, your own dreams, your own goals, that sometimes with a spouse or with a partner or with somebody you are even actually leading or serving, you don't say what you mean. You don't express your truth. And so the communication between the two of you or the group of you falters and you're not able to push your ideas forward. You don't feel as engaged in that community or with that team. And you just wonder, why is this not getting any better? Some of you have been in relationships or marriages and year over year over year, you couldn't break that communication pattern. Either they didn't communicate the way that you wanted or you don't communicate the way they wanted. And it was like night and day. And you kept thinking, well, when something will change. So you tried things. Well, maybe we need more date nights. Maybe we need a vacation. Maybe, you know, we need to go to the spa together. Maybe we should take more walks. But what has to happen on all those things? Better communication. That's it. See, people try all the time to change their environment. They try to change their relationships. And if they don't change their communication skills, nothing really changes. Who's ever experienced this before, right? You think, oh, I'm gonna to move to a new city and have a whole new friendship circle. And you showed up in a new city, no new friends. Communication style. What happens, or communication approach? What, what happened, oh, I'm, I'm gonna change that job and my next team will listen to me. And you went to that team and it was also full of more idiots. It was also full of more people who don't get it. It was also more full of people who didn't support you. Why? Communication. Right? We have to recognize we are the source of our own pain so often because we don't develop our communication. I'm not going to go to the junior varsity route of just saying, well, you should listen more, uh, reflect back to what people say, uh, you know, and just ask them lots of questions. Because I think there's a specificity in doing those things. There's a certain way to approach a relationship or a communication situation. There's a certain intention to have. There's a certain process that helps you become better at those things. So I'm gonna share the 10 with you. And these are gonna come from a perspective of both the research. Some of you know that's my master's degree is in organizational communication with an emphasis in leadership, trying to help people communicate better individually and on teams and organizations. So this is part of my academic career. But on the other side of things, I spend every day of my life being compensated for how I communicate. And so I've learned so much about that. So much about it, doing it through here, through, you know, live casts and videos, and we're all on video on Zoom. How many of you feel like you work for Zoom now? <laughs> you know, who's logged in more hours for Zoom this year than you did in almost any other system last year? 
know, it's like we all work for a communication platform now, it feels like, or you're on social media, you're doing that work to reach people and to communicate something, right? But today's emphasis, I'm really going to go and try to make it personal for you and, and really break it down to that individual one-to-one -one relationship for advanced communication skills, because the, 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 the principles I'll share with you today. I think they've come to life when we're talking about one-to-one -one communication, but you'll immediately see how they apply to your team, how do they apply to major groups, how do they apply culturally as well. Number one, you must start with having the ambition for great relationships. Have ambition for great relationships. I know that might sound common sense, but it's not common practice. That's why so many people who could achieve greatness do not. I want you to think about this. Your ambition for the quality of relationships in your life is the umbrella principle. It's the umbrella value ethic that is driving how your relationships are right now. I can't tell you how many people I've coached and worked with in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s who never, ever set a true, genuine ambition for great relationships. Relationships that, that, that were vibrant, relationships that were deep, that had depth to them, relationships that made them feel engaged, happy, joyous, fulfilled. What most people do is they take the relationships that show up in front of them and go, I guess that's the way it is. I guess my parents are like that. Why well, have any ambition for anything better? They're never gonna change. They, get, they start dating or they get married and they go, well, I guess it is what it is. I've been with her for five years. She's not gonna change. And you get this idea that people don't change. And what you do is your ambition keeps falling. And you allow your dream, your desire, your ambition for great relationships to continually get knocked down every time someone doesn't understand you. You've let your ambition for vibrancy and intimacy and sexiness and fun and joy in your partner relationships fall down. Every time you get in a fight, it stacks on. Every time there's trouble, it stacks on. And you keep getting more and more frustrated with the person. Your frustration grows into closed down communication. And now there's this distance, there's this block. And what people do is they immediately stop keeping their ambition for great relationships alive. I had the blessing of horrible relationships. Anyone else? I mean, I had terrible relationships, just awful, just the worst, terrible relationships when I was a young man right? Just came up like, I had this terrible relationship. I grew up in a town where everybody beat me up, you know? I grew up in a town where everyone, there's a lot of really, really, really just awful adult behavior. Grew up in a place where there wasn't a lot of good communication. I, my first relationships with people I dated were just horrible judgment, just off, just like negativity and just you know, huge demonstrations of anger. And it was just like, whoa. And the blessing was sometimes we, we need a change. For me, it was, I got a knock in the head with my car accident and made me realize, actually, I don't like that. I want phenomenal relationships. I, I want phenomenal relationships with everybody around me. And so how many of you ever had that ambition before? And maybe you picked up a book like How to Win Friends and Influence People, right? <laughs> or, or How to Talk So People Listen, or How to you know, Argue and Win Every Time. Or you picked up these books and you're like, oh, I need to learn how to share and communicate. Well, that was me. I was that dork. I, my whole life, when I struggle with something, I go to books. And I just start reading on things. And one of the blessings was I read about these people who had great relationships. And I never had that, but I kept my ambition. Here's the hardest thing to ask anyone to do in this particular year. Raise your ambition for your relationships. Especially now. Some of you have been shut in with your family for so long because of the pandemic that you're just like, we're trying to survive. And you're trying to blunt out the difficulty by just turning on the TV all the time or handing over devices all the time. And the ambition to have great relationships with the kids, with the spouse, with everybody else 
has kind of faded into, I'm just going to survive. But I'm here to warn you as your coach that I'm just going to survive in this relationship. Jeff's trying to get through the days with this family. That ambition is lower than your potential. That ambition is hurting your intentions. That low ambition not to have something great is cheating you from fulfilling the destiny you were probably meant to have, but would require great relationships. And as your coach, I'm here to say, be wary of the fact that you are so wary in your relationships. Be attentive to the fact like, oh, wow, we are just trying to survive right now because that's a slippery slope, isn't it? How many know that? Like when you just try to survive, it, imagine you run a business, right? You're a CEO, you're an entrepreneur, you're running your business. If you allow just surviving to last for months or years, that company never survives, right? Someone in that company must have ambition for what? Growth, for better service, for better relationships with the customers. If you don't have that in the business, the business flatlines, then dies. That's the same thing in marriage and relationship, the same thing in child parenting, the same thing. Every time we don't keep an ambition to challenge ourselves to do better, we end up hurting the very thing. And so I'm here to say, have ambition for great relationships again. And I know your first impulse can easily be, well, you don't understand my husband. Well, you don't understand these crazy kids. You don't understand this team. You understand my business. You know what? Don't be a you don't understand person because that stops you from learning. People who say you don't understand, they cut off the very advice they need to hear because they want to self-justify. Does it make sense that it's hard? Does it make sense it's much more difficult with someone who doesn't listen? Does it make more sense when you have an obstinate husband, team, or person on, uh, in your business? Sure. Those are roadblocks. Those are difficulties. Those are struggles. But just because it's hard doesn't mean it's impossible to improve. Just because it's hard doesn't mean it's impossible to improve. You can improve your relationships. And I think you're going to find that. And we're going to start it right now. Do you want to improve your relationships? Let's do a gut check. How much ambition have you had recently for great relationships? Have you woken up about it? Have you journaled about it? Have you thought about it? Is it in your goal sheet? If I parade it in your house, show me the piece of paper that says, improve this relationship. Show me the piece of paper that says, create great relationships with everybody I meet. Show me the paper. Show me how often that piece of paper got journaled on. Show me how often you wrote that down. And then we can have a conversation that I don't understand, right? So let's start with, have you had the ambition? And if not, let's reignite that today. Let's reignite your desire for deep, compelling, beautiful, awesome, fulfilling, intimate, zesty, fun relationships again. You can have them. And if you stopped yourself from believing that, it only means you disengage from the skill set. You just, you just disengage from the development here. And that might sound like harsh or judgmental in a way for a coach to kick off with it, but I'm a high performance coach. I'm supposed to hold your feet to the fire a little bit and challenge you and say, this should be an area that you love working on. Raise your hands if you love communication. Yeah, I, you guys, I, I, I get it. This is a great and a fun and a fulfilling and a great place to focus. So please, let's up-level our ambition together, my friends. Let's start with strong ambition for great relationships. That's number one. Without that one in place, everything else is a principle, but it's unmoored from growth. It's unmoored from greatness. And we want to be connected to those things. All right. Number two. As I've learned in my life, and many of you have too, everything's about intention. Like, what is the intention of my communication with this person? And I believe there's three intentions we have to set. Okay, so this is what my idea is. You got to set intention for learning, honoring, and improving. This is my modus operandi when I sit down with somebody. My whole thing in sitting down with people, and this is not just my coaching career, this is life. Like if we go to like breakfast together, right? Go to lunch together, hang out. My whole mode is I want to learn about this person. Notice I don't say, I want to show I'm awesome. No, I want to learn about this person. Meaning, 
Has learning been your primary mode of operation with your spouse recently? Has learning been your primary mode of operation with that team member? Has learning been your primary mode of operation in communicating to groups? Or when you're talking with your partner or that person who you love, is it always just about you got to tell them what you need? You got to tell them what the to-do list is. You got to tell them what the agenda is. And you live in communication land that is what I call agenda-based, not learning-based. Some people only talk at their kids. We're doing this, 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 and this, and this. But they never learn from their kids. So it's a different relationship, right? Agenda-based communication, which is usually to-do list, what are we doing, where we're going, versus the first primary thing is learning. And I think this is so important. If we can just shift everything. Listen, I always tell people, listening skills without the very primary intention of learning is just a tactic. Does that make sense? I know in, in, in like junior varsity levels of conversation about communication, be a great listener. Well, what does that mean? Well, the intention is to learn. Listening is one of the vehicles for that. So set an intention to learn more. We stopped learning from each other as a culture, and that's how you get tribalism and division at the epic levels we face worldwide now. Because the intention to learn from another went out the window, and the intention to persuade or argue at or accuse other people went up right? So let's remember the setting the intention for learning. Think about this. If your umbrella intention is to have ambition, I want great relationships and I want to learn from others. That frames every method, every tactic, and every principle underneath. Okay. Learning. Here's the other one. Honoring. I love this one. Very few people talk about this. So I think it's important. In a relationship, in your communication, your communication style should be honoring of other people. What does that mean? Honoring means you hear what they say, you reflect it back, you honor that. That's a great idea. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate you. I really value that you shared that. I respect that you're participating right now. I'm thankful that we're having this conversation. Also saying very simple things like, I appreciate you did this. Good job at that. Honoring the other person so they feel heard, valued, respected, and appreciated. Honoring the other person so they hear, they feel heard, valued, respected, and appreciated. That's like everything, right? How good have you been at honoring your partner, your spouse, persons that you care about? If your parents are around, have you been speaking to them and honoring their difficulties this year? The people who you love in your life, your family, have you been honoring their unique and difficult journey through what is a crazy and wild year? I mean, think about your last 10 major conversations. Were you honoring of the other? Now, my bet is in our community here, you do. All around the world, we got people communicating and participating right here. And if you think about it, that, that's a beautiful thing about our community here. Right? You're more likely to be people who show up for a session like this. You know who usually isn't here? The bad communicators. <laughs> because they go, I already know it. <laughs> you know? No, you're the learner. You're the person who, who wants to develop in this way. So I'm honoring you as a community for caring enough to develop this skill. But this is a very key principle. In your communication patterns with other people, is learning there as your intention? is honoring the other there as intention. Even when I go into a place where I know I'm gonna have a conflict with someone, my whole mindset shifts. Make sure they feel honored and respected in this process. Make sure they feel that. Honor them. Honor them for showing up. Honor them for trying. Honor them for a good job when they do a good job. Honor them for sharing their voice. Honor them for participating. Honor them for giving you the time of day. Really. Like, if we can remember the value of each relationship, everything can change. All right. So we're our intention is for learning, honoring, and the last thing is improving. You want the most advanced communication skill in the history of the world? Try to improve another person's day. Listen to what they're saying and try to ask questions or give advice when it's sought or share an idea to help them improve their situation, their day, 
their feeling, their mindset. My mode is whoever is here, I am here to be of service. Uh, whoever's in front of me, I'm going to try to really learn about them, to honor them as a person, and to help them reach whatever goals that they're after. Hey everybody, it's Brendan. I want you to make sure you write the date in your journal or in your piece of paper or in your napkin, wherever you're writing, okay? I want you to write the date. I want you to write advanced emotional intelligence because this is gonna be a changing day for how you manage your emotions, the emotions of other people, and how you really sense and feel this life. I'm gonna begin with just a few points about why I believe most people don't have more emotional intelligence and why this topic isn't more valued in not only you know, the greater world or our educational system or our political system or, or you know, uh, in some of our organizations around the world or even some of our teams and some of our families. But I really believe that comes from just a few ideas here. Number one is the unfortunate reality that a lot of people think emotional intelligence is a you know, touchy, feely, you know, oversharing, you know, sense of vulnerable weakness stuff. And they don't realize emotional intelligence is the secret to better decision-making and better influence. It is the secret to overall mental health it's the secret to mental strength, mental toughness, mental resilience. You wanna be awesome in life and feel awesome. You wanna care for others and set the tone and the energy of your culture or those that you lead and you serve. You need emotional intelligence because emotional intelligence isn't just about how I feel. It's about tapping into a deeper understanding of what's happening in your biological system, what's happening neurobiologically, and what's happening in the social environment so that you have greater mastery of it. Not just to be aware of your feelings, which is absolutely critical, but also to know the difference between emotions and feelings. To also know the difference of when someone is sad versus when they're discouraged. And knowing what to do with all of that. That's the power of emotional intelligence. So this is not just some like, you know, I think what is happening in pop culture, people think emotional intelligence is just like, you know, touchy-feely, cotton candy hype stuff. No, it is literally the foundational principle of having a great life. You have to be more engaged, aware, and, 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 and greater in your personal power related to your emotions, especially now. It's like, these are difficult times, so we're gonna really dive deep into this, and we're gonna make it about mental toughness and mental resilience in this year, not just about like touchy-feely. Second big thing is, I really believe the reason that most people aren't more emotionally strong, intelligent, resilient, is because there is this dynamic in our culture that is often avoid difficult feelings. Avoid difficult conversations. Avoid those times when we don't understand our feelings, so let's drown it out with you know, addiction, alcohol, distraction, Instagram, scrolling, whatever it is, right? It's like, oh, I don't feel good. You know what happens for a lot of people? They don't feel good about themselves or their relationships or their businesses or their teams or their life, so they pick up the phone and they go scrolling for life. Do you know what that is? That's an emotional intelligence thing. What's happening is they don't know how to cope. And so they pick up tools for coping versus understanding coping is here. They externalize coping, seeking coping mechanisms outside without understanding how to navigate the difficult emotions of our lives. And so I think more people you know, haven't mastered this area of their life better because the easiest answer is to avoid it, you know? Think about all those difficult emotions you've had in personal relationships. Somebody, maybe you have a relationship right now, you know, who you really, you love somebody, you're, you know, in a relationship in an intimate way, or you're a parent, or you're, you know, leading a team, and there's all this, just this difficult emotion to manage right now, you know? People are discouraged. There's a lot of vitriol and outrage out there. 
there's a, a lot of just fear of all this unknown. How have you engaged that? Have you had conversations with them? Have you checked in? Did you understand where they were at? Did they feel heard and seen, validated, appreciated by you? Or are you so struggling just to deal with yourself that you even forgot other people? Because that happens too. But we're gonna go from this conversation of avoidance to engagement today. And that is, this, that is the, fun, like the, the foundational tool in all of emotional intelligence is engaging it, right? Engaging those difficult emotions, engaging those difficult conversations, engaging those difficult people instead of hiding. This is that important time to be doing that. You know, I, I, I get how easy it is to say, I don't, I don't wanna deal with that. You need to learn how to deal with it. Straight up, you need to get at level nine out of 10 in order to navigate these next few months well and lead others. And you gotta give yourself an assessment. I'm gonna ask you to do that right now. I know so many people, they don't understand the importance of scoring different skill sets of their lives. And so they just kinda of go through life hoping to get better. But one thing that we know from high performers is they're willing to score themselves. They're, they're willing to, on a consistent basis, they give themselves grades or scores about how they're doing. How have you handled your emotions this year on a scale of one to 10? One, you just, not good. I mean, okay, let's, let's call zero dead, <laughs> okay? One, it's been a struggle and just, you've been, it's been terrible. 10, you feel like impressed by yourself. This year has been pretty good. Like you've handled all of this emotion pretty well. Where, where have you been? Zero to 10. Sometimes just sharing is the first step here. Okay, now let me ask you about how have you dealt with the emotions of others on zero to 10? Zero, I totally, I, they freak me out. <laughs> I don't wanna deal with them. 10, I've been doing pretty good, Brennan. Thank you. I've been, I've been a great leader, a great parent, a great caregiver, a great manager. I've been doing real good. Where, where have you been? You know, you gotta think about that constantly like personally how I'm managing my emotions and socially. And the more that we're aware of these things and evaluating these things, the more our brain's gonna go, let's get better. It, like your brain is great at gamifying, right? When you give yourself a score, your brain goes, I wanna get better. I, I would like a, a higher number here. Especially if you're on something like this with me here at Growth Day. I mean, it's like, you, duh, like you wanna work on yourself, right? So, I know that sometimes it can be discouraging when we talk about measuring yourselves or giving yourself a score here. Some people say, Brennan, I've been a level five with my emotions for a decade. I feel crappy. Thanks for making me score myself, <laughs> okay? But listen, that's gonna lead to this next point. Many people confuse emotional intelligence with a conversation about who they are versus skill set. What do I mean by that? Well, emotional intelligence is a skill. It's not about yourself or even just your overall personality or identity, it's a skill, right? It's an area of your life to be managed, improved upon, navigated, and it, it doesn't represent you. So many people think when they're you know, they have, they have or experience sadness that, oh, I'm a terrible person. I have all these reasons to be happy. Why can't I just be happy? But I'm feeling sad right now. What a piece of crap I am. And they literally start speaking negatively of themselves because they have or experience or feel an emotion. But an emotion is not you. An emotion is not you. And what most people do in this category of emotional intelligence in their life, they say things like this. They say, oh, well, you don't understand. That's just how I am. I'm just not one of those joyous people like you, Brandon. <laughs> you know? I'm not like your students who are so heavy. And they, what they do is, well, I'm not like that. Thinking that managing your emotions, navigating your emotions, and activating a full suite of positive emotions in your life is related to their identity and who they are. No, we're, we're talking about a specific topic in personal development. 
There's lots of things we can talk about that isn't you, right? Your car is not you, and your emotions are not you. Your dog is not you. The things you own or control or have are not you. It's okay when you have an emotion that you don't like not to hate yourself for the emotions you're experiencing. Some of you had a really tough year, right? I hear all day long from this community. It's like, this has not been an easy year. And so many people get down on themselves, down on self versus recognizing, oh, I don't have a real strong skill set here to navigate this difficult emotion. You follow? You don't need to get mad at yourself or down on yourself. If you score yourself in a way you don't like, you say, oh, I need to develop more skill here to be able to do that better, right? If I go out and you, you and I go out and we hang out to play tennis and I'm not good at it at first, I don't say, oh, I suck at all sports. I say, I'm not good at this tennis thing. I need to figure out how to hold this racket and make sure this ball gets over that net. And when it comes back to me, you don't hit me in the eye. <laughs> you know, it's like, we, we, you have to realize your emotional life and navigating it, it's a skill set. And when it's a skill set, you can get better at it. Obviously, that is why you're here. But I want to remind you of that because I'm going to hear, I'm going to tell you right off the bat how good you are with emotional intelligence. Are you ready? Okay, some of you ain't going to like this. Your emotional intelligence is directly correlated with how hard you have been on yourself this year, right? If you've been so hard on yourself this year, then this is a great session for you because you need to develop greater emotional acuity, greater emotional strength, greater emotional resilience, greater emotional intelligence, right? And if you've always been hard in your life, but you're like, no, 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 but I understand my emotions, no. Because if you're constantly hard on yourself, that's coming up because of emotions. You feel an emotion you don't like, you take the emotion and you describe it to self. This is why you keep getting it wrong. I'm here, I wanted to help you do this. Separate yourself from the skill set of managing emotions. And just go, you know what? I'm kind of not managing that well today. I can understand that I don't manage things great every day and every time without saying I suck. Okay, parents out there, you know this, right? You can be a great parent, a good parent, a loving parent, a caring parent, but sometimes when little Johnny or Sally or whoever comes in and you lose it, that moment in dealing with that child right there, it might not be your best, but it doesn't take away from the fact that you're a caring, giving parent, right? You don't take individual interactions with that child when it doesn't go right and globalize it into you're terrible. That's globalization and catastrophizing. You follow? Well, don't do that with your emotions either, right? Don't do that with your emotions. There's days, don't tell nobody, but Brendan Burchard, the, the motivation manifesto guy, which is the currently the best-selling motivation text so far of this century with motivation in the title, uh, there's days I'm not motivated. That doesn't mean I'm like, oh, I'm a terrible person. Look how incongruent and awful I am. Oh my God. It's like, you know, I didn't manage my, my focus and my energy well today. I wasn't clear with my intentions. I didn't energize my mind and my body to get excited about my purpose. Uh, I didn't do the things that are necessary to summon and sustain the emotion I wanted. Instead, I just accepted what landed on me. Pfft, feel crappy. And now what do you do when you feel crappy? These are the things we're gonna talk about today. So I hope this is helpful. And I'm kind of going over why people really struggle with this. And I know it might feel really negative up front, but I'm trying to tell you, this is why more of our culture doesn't talk about it. This is difficult. When I'm asking people to score themselves, they're like, what? How, how can you do that? Well, I'll share with you one last big idea about why I think people really struggle with this topic is because they think the conversation about emotional intelligence is some way that like emotions are, are irrational or not as important, you know? It's some of those people who quote unquote feel way left brained or no, I'm more of an engineering mind, Brendan. Emotions don't get into my thinking process, <laughs> you know? And they're more like, they, they, they feel like emotions 
are irrational or, or not important or not a priority or are weak. When the reality is your wellness and your decision-making and your interactions with others is predicated upon your ability, your ability to have holistic contemplation. What do I mean by that? You can't make a decision if you X out emotion. There's the logical and the emotional, and these things are always talking to each other. You can't separate them. And the more you try to separate them, the more life becomes miserable. Because what happens is you become an incredibly analytical person who doesn't feel anything. Or you become an incredibly feeling-oriented person who's not taking the time to think through things. And so consequences on either side aren't good. We want you to be incredibly holistic in your contemplation, your decision-making. And that means your whole body, mind, life comes into how you live and experience life. We want you fully activated, heart, mind, body, soul, to enjoy a great life. That's part of emotional intelligence, right? But we don't say that often, so people go, ah, emotions. And it's like, oh, no, no, no. If you've been a person like, ah, emotions, I bet your happiness meter is lower than you think it is. I bet if you took a life satisfaction score or you really contemplate about where you're at, you'd realize life should feel better. Do you know how many people I, I know and coach who they're so successful? I mean, they have it all and they're so smart and they're completely unfulfilled. They're unfulfilled. They're disengaged and they can't quite explain why. It's because they haven't been managing their emotions well. They haven't brought emotion into life. It's like they have relationships, but the relationships don't have pop and vibe and spirit and joy, right? It's like they do tasks every day, but they don't feel the day. And that's what I'm always sharing with you guys. It's about feeling the day. After you have everything you wanted in life, what do you want more of? You wanna feel the day more. It's a sense of connection and, and meaning and fulfillment and satisfaction and intimacy and joy and vibe and pop, right? That's what we want. So emotions aren't something to crowd out. Emotions are something to navigate. Emotions are something to summon. Emotions are something to spark with others. And emotions are something to utilize to sense the wholeness and the beauty of life. Hey gang, it's Brendan. I'm gonna change gears real quick and talk about another show here on the Growth Day Podcast Network, Lori Harder. Her show is called Earn Your Happy. This is a monster podcast if you've never heard of it before. Earn Your Happy is all about Lori talking with people and sharing her own journey of being an entrepreneur and trying to find happiness in life. And I love her phrase, earn your happy. You know, if you've ever heard me tell my car accident story, I felt like at that moment, I got life's golden ticket, that second chance, but I also felt like this, this feeling that I had to earn it, to earn that second chance. So when I got to know Lori, and she told me her show was called Earn Your Happy, I was like, ah, oh, it's one of my favorite words in the English language, earn to earn the gifts we've been given, to earn the life that we want, to work for it, to strive for it. I just love it. And Lori is like listening to her episodes. I told her the other day, I was like, it's kind of like listening to a best friend talk about you know their ambitions and what they're trying to do. And she's such a great interviewer as well, by the way, that I think you're gonna get new perspectives about life. You'll laugh a lot, you'll be motivated, and you'll learn from somebody who's out there actually doing the work, building a great business and life and family. Go subscribe to Lori Harder's podcast. It's called Earn Your Happy. You can subscribe anywhere you're listening, including right now on this platform. So please go subscribe to Lori Harder's Earn Your Happy podcast. How do you gain some more emotional mastery in your life so you can handle those difficult times when you get frustrated, when you get down, we get like beat up and like chewed out and spit out by the world, 
What are you going to do to be your best self? That is the topic of today's conversation. That emotional mastery is part, that emotional intelligence we hear so much about, that ability to handle the difficulties and challenges of life with grace or a plume or being centered in the midst of all this chaos and turmoil. How do you be your best? That's the topic of today. We're talking about motivation at a deeper level. Maybe you haven't had with me before. The utmost, most important area of emotional mastery is mastering motivation. Now, when I say emotional mastery, you're like, wait, isn't motivation just a topic, an area? I'm like, no, motivation, motivation is an emotion, right? A motivation is a motion, emotion that you feel, that you feel a drive, a sense of hunger, a sense of want, and a sense of desire to make something happen. I believe motivation is one of the most important things we have to master in our total emotional sort of toolkit, right? Because if you can emotionally feel motivated every day, almost everything else can fall in line, right? If you're emotionally motivated to be a better mom, be a better caregiver, be a better parent, be a better lover, be a better entrepreneur, be a better business person, be a better contributor to the greater world, when there's a motivation pulling you forward, out of bed each day, into the office, into real life to be your best, then everything changes. When you lose motivation, you and I both know the loss of motivation is the first gate to suffering. You lose motivation. Now you don't feel like doing anything. You don't feel like doing anything. You don't work out. You don't feel like working out. You don't feel like doing anything. You don't feel like doing anything. You don't want to do your goals. Don't feel like doing your goals. Feel unfulfilled, feel unfulfilled, feel unsatisfied, feel unsatisfied, feel like life is meaningless. It is a slippery slope when you lose motivation. But the issue is no one has motivation 24-7 all the time. Motivation is an emotion you learn to cultivate by using your mind, your body, your greater consciousness to ensure that you feel that pull of purpose. That you feel that energy inside that says, I want to create. I want to contribute. I want to be my best self. I want to connect with people. And so motivation is something we're going to have to generate on a consistent basis. You have to learn to bring the joy because the power plant doesn't have energy. It generates energy. Motivation is something me, the motivation guy. I have the best-selling book of the entire century with motivation in the title, it's called The Motivation Manifesto, if you haven't read it. And The Motivation Manifesto is like, uh, if, if anything is, is, is imbued in that book, it is like this ferocity and this fierceness and this tension to living our best lives. But it has to be like generated. Because even though I'm the mo- motivation guy, there's plenty of days I wake up and I'm like, <laughs> I don't feel like it. There's plenty of days. There's plenty of moments where just like you, I'm just like, I'd rather be lazy and do nothing right now. And that's okay. That's, that's part of homeostasis. That's part of our, our human body to want to power down, to relax, to chill out. But too much of that can lead to an unfulfilling life. So we must learn to generate the emotions of drive, desire, go-gettedness, whatever you want to call motivation. And so it's something that we have to learn to stoke. Motivation is an emotion we feel by either luck or by purposeful conscious design. I just choose to design it into my day every single day. Motivation is driven by certain things. You have a spark, you have something that sustains it, and you have something that grows it. Okay? The spark of motivation, which is how I anchor into being motivated each day, is ambition. All motivation begins with the desire or hunger and ambition for more whether that's more depth or more connection or more contribution or more abundance or more wealth or more love. Like we just want more of something. And that says, I want to go get that. Like we see a fancier car. It's better than our car. I want to go get that. We see like a deeper love of relationship between two people. I say, I want that in my own life. Sometimes it's a visual cue. Something we see makes us want something, right? Not too far from here, there's a beach that I strolled on vacation, I don't know, a couple years ago. And I said, I'm going to live here. And it was a motivation. It was a cue. I saw something, desired it, wanted it, went after it. 
Like, so sometimes it's a visual, it's a cue out in the world that says, I want more of that thing. And ambition can be visually cued. For some people, if you just wake up, I mean, think about it. You wake up, you grab your phone, you're like, you know, and all of a sudden you don't have any motivation. Instead, you look through all this stuff and all it did is make you feel like you're not enough or it distracted you, or it upset you, or it created, you know, anger or anxiousness, you got to be careful how you're using cues to start your day. I use cues to start my day motivated. And those cues to start my day motivated are things like I literally wake up and uh, I'll wake up and I'll think of things that I'm grateful for and that I want to give in life. I'll wake up and I'll think about someone I want to do something nice for or surprise today. I'll think of something I can be excited about today. I'll as soon as possible in the morning revisit my ambitions list, my goals list. I'll look at them. I'll not wander through the day looking at social media and then, oh, I guess it's time to work and look at my goals. It's like my goals, I mean, in the first few minutes of the day, I'm revisiting them. And what I'm doing is when I'm looking at my goals or my agenda or my schedule, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, okay, why do I want this? What would life be like like this? How could I go get it? What should I do today to make that happen? And that motivates me. That's my list of goals, my list of ambitions, the things that can excite me. In other words, it's very intrinsic goals. It's intrinsic rewards that I'm after. I'm like, if I go do that, I will feel better. If I could have this, I'd be happier, right? It's not that I can't be happy with now, but I want to pull. Like if I can have that future pull, that's going to motivate me to go do stuff, right? I have to literally generate that in my mind. And so when I have that connection in the morning, then my takeaway for you is connect with your ambitions every morning, very first thing in the morning. Somehow part of your morning routine, connect with your ambitions, Look at them. Why do you want them? What would you get from that? How would you feel from that? What would that generate? Why would that be more meaningful? Really connect with that ambition every single morning and you'll start to notice you feel better. You also know this reality, that motivation wanes with attention. Meaning if we don't give our ambitions, our goals, a lot of attention, the motivation just goes away because motivation is either fueled by our attention or by momentum, right? It either takes reflection or action to generate serious, sustained motivation. Either reflection or action. Because ultimately, from the reflection, that gives us clarity. And clarity can give us confidence. Or action can give us momentum. And when we have momentum, motivation is way easier to cultivate, generate, and sustain, obviously. So these are really important concepts. Every morning, get very close to your goals. Ambitiously, what are those things that you want, desire, need, and would enjoy, and what do you need to go to get it? That's the intrinsic type of things, the things we'll feel good about, the drive, satisfaction, fulfillment, meaning, excitement in us. But I also have my extrinsic, meaning my external cues or goals or rewards that also I revisit. So for me, example, when I always tell you, Wake up each day and at some point say, who needs me on my A game? For me, every morning, I re-anchor down into my relationships. I think about, okay, if I don't show up today and do a good job, then my wife and I have a lower quality of life. Then I can't support my mom. Then I can't support my team. Then all these people who count on me every day for motivation or count on me for leadership or count on me for support. They don't get that from me. And I, you know, I tap into that reality that if I don't show up for somebody today, then you know what? By the end of the night, I'll feel worse about myself, but also it will impact other people because you cannot have real high powered mental motivation without a connection to other people. We are social animals, so we have to think about, okay, what should I do? How can I contribute in a way that serves other people? So where that internal one is about self and satisfaction and fulfillment and meaning personally, that's tapping into our own passions, desires, wants, and hungers, that external one is ultimately about service, about giving, 
or taking care of or being the caretaker of other people. And you cannot just keep starting your day. I guess I'll get some coffee and read the news and see what's on social media or, or hop into the car and listen to trash talk radio or turn on the TV and hope to find motivation later in the day. Like you want to kick off the day, kick off the day with motivation. Like get already in the morning, immediately in a good state of mind. When I'm in a great state of mind, it's like, bam, the day goes. And you know what? If you start the morning in the right frame of mind, motivated, driven, because you're connected to what drives you and what will serve other people, then when you start like running out of gas at noon, one, two, or three, it's easier to fuel that flame than to start a new fire, right? Because some people just keep waiting. To, they're, they're, they, don't, they don't even think about, oh, I guess I should be motivated until they've lost it. I want you to start the morning with it and sustain it throughout the day by revisiting. Remember, the secret to all of motivation is revisiting those whys. It's revisiting that ambition that you have for your life, for more, for others, for contribution. That's everything, right? That's everything. And if you get away from that too many days, too many weeks, too many months, I'm just here to tell you, you're really going to struggle. So I hope that helps. Every morning, everybody, every single morning, I really want you to connect with that. Okay, what am I motivated? What am I driven by? And that's going to really, that's, I, I can't explain how much that's going to help you. You will feel it and you will know it if you will do it every morning. Okay, motivation starts in the morning, but it's also sustained by that morning frame of mind. So that's really key. That's the first idea behind motivation. Connect with your ambitions first thing every single day. Give attention to that every single day. Here's something I don't often talk about, but it's important for me because it's, it's very easy for me to be really effective in the mornings and then that afternoon, two, three o'clock, and I can just be like, man, I want to go outside, take a walk, come back, turn on some Netflix, eat some carbs. You know, that can be my afternoon if I'm not careful. So here's what I do. I have a checkpoint in the mid-afternoon to recognize, reward, appreciate anything that I have done today. Anything that I have done today. And that midpoint checkpoint for me on my phone, I just have an alarm. Mine tends to go off around 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It just flashes to me and it says, what's been great today? What's been great today. And so that will cue me. All right, it's time to visit. What's been great today? So I'll just think about something I've done. It could be like, I answered 10 emails today that I have been avoiding. Good job. It could be as simple as I made that one call. I said I was going to call, did it. I shot that content, created that thing, whatever. Some type of, like, listen, motivation is often driven by recognition. So recognize what you have done so far in the day early afternoon. Then what I do in order to keep myself motivated even more, because I've set in my mind, I want to be a person who's excellence driven. What I will do is I say, okay, here's what's great so far. And then I ask just a simple question. How do I complete this day with excellence? Just a simple touch point in the afternoon. How do I complete this day with excellence? So I will look at the rest of the day, whether that's two hours more, four hours more, five hours more, six hours more, whatever it's going to be for me. And I go, okay, how do I think through the rest of this day with real excellence? And when I can connect with that, I'm telling you, it's just, it's just so part of me and it really makes me want to serve. So please think about having a mid-afternoon connection point to keep yourself motivated. You'll feel a whole different quality of life come in. I, I promise it's, it's, it's a different experience for people because most people, they're just running and gunning through the day. They don't realize uh, or understand or accept how challenging it is to lose motivation. And so they've gone, many people, they've gone weeks without being motivated. They're going through the motions, but there's no energy. There's no emotional pull towards something better. And because they're lacking that emotional pull, what ends up happening? They dog it. They don't contribute as much. They react and sort of create. And all, all of a sudden, a couple of weeks later, they're like, I don't know why I'm so unfulfilled. Well, no doubt you're so unfulfilled because you haven't been tapping into that emotion of motivation. When we lack 
motivation. It is a slippery slope to suffering. So please recognize that you must cultivate more motivation. What else can you do? Well, I'll tell you, it's like ambition, attention to those ambitions, effort towards those things. I think all of that is, is really, really, really clear. But I also really believe that a lot of most motivation is simply lost because of fatigue. So let's say you're doing all those things, but you're wiped out. You're tired. Like a lot of motivation really rests on how you feel physically. If you feel lethargic, you feel tired, you have the flu, it's like it's harder to be more motivated. You can still do it by doing what I've talked about. Recue yourself, reconnect with those things. But health-wise, it's really critical for you to say, okay, if I want to be motivated long-term, I need to feel greater levels of mobility and energy in my body. So if you ever hung around me, I'm constantly bouncing and moving and breathing. And if you've been with me at HPA, you see some of these practices, this breath work that I do, that I'm activating and opening up my body so that my body says, let's go versus, right? So my body's not like, oh, I ate this terrible thing. Instead, my body says, I feel refueled. I feel ready to go. Let's go. So I manage my sleep, my diet, my health in ways that support my mental clarity and energy. And I know that like sounds, sometimes people think motivation is just a mental game. I'm like, yes, but your mind and your body are connected. If your body is lethargic, so is your mind, right? That brain body connection is real y'all. And I know you know that you've been sick, you've been tired. There's other times when you've been out of shape, you feel terrible. So I'm here to encourage you as I always do to get in better health, to prioritize your health, to sleep good, to eat well, to move. If I have to do that every single month, I will do that. I will be a champion. I will cheer you on. I want you in excellent health this year. So please hear me cheer that on every single month because I just know I get you in better health. I get you in better mental health. We get you in better mental health. It's easier to sustain that fire and that drive, that purpose, that motivation, that thing will bring you satisfaction, joy, and meaning. I know you guys get this, but I want to fire you up today. Like this is something you must fire up on your own. This will be fleeting. Of course it's fleeting if you never look at it. I tell you all the time, no wonder you're not motivated. You haven't thought about what motivates you in three days. <laughs> Just think about that. No wonder you're not motivated. You haven't thought about what motivates you in three days. Every morning, I'm a deep dive in what's going to motivate me. I get excited about it. I look at it. I'm like, okay, let's go. If I didn't do that, I need coffee. Hey, are you on my text list? Did you know if you're in the U.S., you can text me at 1-503-212-6125. I actually have that text number on my Instagram account bio as well, if you want to go check it out. It's just 503-212-6125. Literally just text me and say, hey, Brendan. Or text me and say anything you want to say. If you want me to see it, just text me there. It's 503-212-6125. And it's my exclusive text list. And if you're not on it, it's where I share some of my most popular episodes. Or if I drop a new YouTube, I send it your way. Or if I have some kind of free thing going on the internet, I give that exclusive link out to that group. So just go there and text me. 503-212-6125. It's kind of cool. It's back and forth. This is my community text number. So tons of my community share, you know, insights about what they're learning from me or just want to chat back and forth. And I'm in there. My team's in there. We really just try to engage you on a different platform. It's super fun. And again, anytime I have something special going out, this is the first group to know about it. So just go text me at 503-212-6125. Hey, it's Brendan from the studio here. I want to jump in one more time and tell you about one of our partners, and that is Kajabi. If you've ever seen any of my marketing online or you have gotten an email from me or you've just admired kind of what we built by selling, you know, 20 plus blockbuster online courses or where I go live in my membership areas or how I accept money online now well over $100 million over the years. How do I do all that? I've always used Kajabi. It's spelled K-A-J-A-B-I. And Kajabi just helps online entrepreneurs 
take flight because we all have to do the same thing, right? We have to figure out, okay, how do I build a web page? How do I capture emails and send emails and funnels and uh, newsletters? How do I put content up that's for free, but also content up that's behind a paywall that I can charge money for? How do I build those membership sites? How do I organize my podcast or my blog? How do I accept money and create checkouts and order bumps and one-click upsells? How does all of that actually work? You know, if you're a life coach, how do you actually talk to a client and connect with them and schedule with them and serve them and give them a member's portal area? If you're teaching online courses, how do you actually put up the course and set up automations to sell the course and to trigger things like an email to go out when they successfully complete one of your modules? Kajabi does all of that. You even get templates that I helped build and I personally wrote to help you write even better emails to your audience. That's at kajabi.com, K-A-J-A-B-I.com. If you wanted the system that most of us in the thought leader or the expert economy really use and we've relied on for years, go to kajabi.com.